There's no business like tro, business like no business we know. Everything about the show's appealing. Listen and enjoy this blissful feeling. Nowhere could you get so much information than if you were standing on Miracle Mile. There's no business like tro, business. Now, on to our show. And welcome our host, a man with a face for radio, Mark Trowbridge. Trowbiz, everybody loves Trowbiz. That song, let me tell you, it's as catchy as a Beyonce song or something the Kardashians would be listening to. I'm Mark Trowbridge. Welcome to Trowbiz, our Chambers podcast, celebrating the movers, the shakers, the decision makers right here in the 305. And today, well, we are going to be joined by a person who needs very little introduction. He is a Mr. 305 in his own right, and his name is Frankie Ruiz, and you're going to hear from him in a couple minutes. But we'll begin where we always do with our podcast, and that is our trow lines, which are our version of our headlines. And so if you're thinking about what's happening at the federal level, well, it's all about getting the shot. That makes me think of that Hamilton song about taking your shot. But this is really about getting one of the vaccines, whether it's Moderna or Pfizer or the one shot from J&J. We want to make sure everybody gets vaccinated so that we can come together and be together again. I hear from Dr. Fauci that it's okay once you're vaccinated to be outside and don't have your mask on. But certainly when you're indoors with coworkers, family, or just, you know, shopping and dining, make sure to wear that mask. At the state level, well, we're just two days away from the end of the legislative session, which means that soon the governor will have a final budget in his hand. He'll be looking at various appropriations, whether it's about education, the arts, or in the case what we're talking about today, you know, how are we investing in people's future? That is going to be critical. He does have the line on him veto, but we'll keep our fingers crossed. That budget comes in at a whopping $97 billion. When we started the session, there was about a five to $6 billion hole, but the economy has started to improve. We've gotten some federal dollars to help us plug those holes. And I think our legislature has been rather creative. Still a few things they're working on, but let's keep our fingers crossed that it's a positive end to state session here on April 30th. As a region, well, it's all about our economy. How are we working together? How are we recovering? How are our businesses doing? We're moving from surviving to thriving. And as you might imagine, well, Greater Miami, Coral Gables, South Florida, we're in the spotlight. We have leaders who have been tweeting at other leaders and saying, why not Florida? Why not Miami? Let's talk about the great opportunities that we have here. And you know what? It's our moment. We just learned in the U.S. Census that our state grew again, and we're picking up one additional member of Congress. So we'll have 28 representatives, probably plucked that out of New York. Strangely enough, they just missed that cutoff by 89 people. Well, over 600 people moved to Florida every single day. And that is what is happening in our state. And many of those folks are finding their way here, not only to help create jobs, but to help create business opportunities here. Locally, well, we continue to work with our new mayor, Daniela Levinkava. She just completed a great week of civics on Thrive 305 and just super impressed, super impressed with her leadership. Glad that she continues to reach out to not only our chamber, but to all of our local chambers and is engaging with our businesses. She understands the importance of small business, the job creators and the economic drivers here in Miami-Dade County. 
And finally, in Coral Gables, well, we just completed this week our municipal elections. Those happen every other year, and we have a new mayor who will take office tomorrow, Vince Lago. Vince has been on our commission for the last eight years, and we've been blessed to work very closely with him. Very focused on business, on our environment, and getting people involved in government. And he'll be joined as two new commissioners, first-time elected officials on our commission. Rhonda Anderson, a longtime member of our chamber, will be taking the seat, group two, vacated by Patricia Keon, and our good friend, Kirk Menendez, who joins in group three, replacing Vince Lago, who is now our mayor. So that means our chamber is going to get to work, as you might imagine, connecting, making relationships that we maybe have not had before, and letting them know what our program of work is about as we continue to see our economy thrive right here in the city beautiful those are the tro lines for today episode 11 and now i get to do my favorite thing which is introduce our guest today as i mentioned frankie has been a longtime friend i met him when he was a student at fiu and i believe you were taking a pr class is that possible frankie back in the day it is correct wow that was professor so adams <laughs> yeah Rest in peace. Now, Frankie doesn't look like he's aged a day since then, but I'm going to figure that's at least 15 years ago, not to age both of us. More, more. More than that. But the best thing about it is in this town, and Frankie's a great connector, is that when uh, you meet somebody for one time and you bond, that bond is forever. And people can call upon each other for things that are happening. And I have watched with great joy Frankie gets so involved with so many things he's passionate about, but every day he loves Miami more and more. Uh, and that is what I think is really his calling card. As a matter of fact, you're seeing this uh, maybe in some stills that we'll share, but he's wearing a 305 hat, which I love because Pitbull may think he's Mr. 305, but Frankie Ruiz is Mr. 305 to me. So Frankie, welcome to you. You're looking good. Thanks for your kindness and joining us today for TroBiz and our podcast. You've got a lot of things going on, my friend. Uh, Mark, thank you for the invite. And, and you're looking even better, man. Keep it up. I love it. Well, thank you. You know what my longtime goal is? And I was actually thinking about this as I was walking back. And uh, first of all, Erica was like, you're walking? I'm like, yeah, I walk everywhere now. I mean, one, we're in a better location to do that. But two, that's my commitment to my health as I'm 52 now. And when I go see doctors, you know, they give me that side eye by not even looking at me from the side. They just full on eye. And it's that, you know, one day you're like, you could run with me, you know, we could, we could train you up and you could do the marathon. And I'm like, I don't know, but you know, you got me inspired to even start doing the Turkey trot a number of years ago. Um, and I really appreciate that. And so that's like a family tradition for us and super bummed about not being able to get together and do that this year. But I tried to get everybody to get up early still and just walk around the neighborhood to not go well, but life is good. And so, uh, thank you for that. And thanks for saying yes today. So, you know, one of the things that's fun about this podcast is it's just, you know, very interactive and back and forth. And so feel free to interject if there's something I asked or didn't ask. But, you know, tell us about about growing up and being Frankie. Did you ever see yourself being here on not only this podcast, but moments ago you got off a call with Mayor Francis Suarez and being really, you know, uh, uh kind of a, a wellness whisperer for him and so many in our community. And, um, you know, that's where our paths continue to cross both professionally and personally. But I love that you're having those conversations because those are things that make Miami, Miami. So tell us about that. 
Yeah, I, I gotta give uh, I gotta give my dad a lot of credit because um, since since I, as far back as I can remember, um, he instilled this just this um, uh, appreciation for Miami. Uh, maybe because Miami was was uh, you know a place where he immigrated to, and he just felt this place uh, was everything. Uh, and as far as I was concerned, as at a young age, no other place existed. I didn't even want to go away for, for school. I didn't care to go on vacation. Like, and I, I just remember being being as young as 10, 11 years old and, and, and wanting to, to see more of Miami and just wanting to be here longer. Um, it was just a, a weird thing my dad passed on. And I, I was reading the Miami Herald, I think at maybe it was 10 or 11 years old every day. And um, since then, I realized that I had to, to be connected to the community any which way, shape or form, whether it was through my career or, you know, through school or whatever. And, and uh, I never, I've never stopped in, in that regard. Miami gets me angry from time to time for things. <laughs> I was going to ask you about that because you know, Miami's like a relationship, yeah, right? right? I mean, you're happily married <laughs> and a dad now. But when I first met you, of course, you know, you were trying to figure out, you know, what you wanted to do with all of that energy and all of that passion. But one of the things when people ask me about Miami, and I'm sure they ask you too, because you've traveled the world now and promoting the race and, and other ventures is, oh, Miami, we love it. But, you know, this happens there, that happens there. And I said, you know what, think of it like a relationship. You wake up some days and you're like, I am madly in love. There is no one else. I don't look anywhere else. Just like you said, you didn't want to leave. You didn't want to go anywhere. And then there are days you wake up and you're like, don't even look at me. I don't like the way you breathe. What is going on? What's that smell? I mean, all of that, like together is what makes Miami, Miami. And I came here when I was 23 years old and I thought, three to five years. It's been 30 years that I have been here this next year. And I can't imagine living anywhere else or starting again to try to develop the relationships. You you have to be in much of the same way. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and I'll share a quick, quick story related again to my dad for, for that matter is that my dad, my dad used to work for Procter and Gamble and he used to defend their products till there was no end. Right. Like if someone told them that there was a different detergent that was might be better. My dad in the middle of Publix would argue that, no, this is the reason why Tide is the best and whatever. But so I, I learned how to defend um, uh, Miami at a very young age. And um, my first experience in, um, uh, like you said, promoting the Miami Marathon specifically was in Duluth, Minnesota. Um, and and uh, I, I packed up our, our stuff. We went over there and we expoed at their, at their um, what they call their grandma's marathon of all things called grandma's marathon. And, um, and I was, I came back so upset because people, nobody wanted to come to Miami. It was, it was like, and I'm like, how can you guys want to be here? Like I, I'm the, I remember the plane landed and you couldn't see out the window because it was so foggy and depressive. And I'm like, what, what do you mean you don't want to see the sun? What do you mean you don't want to see, you know, the beaches? Um, so I, I remember back then I go, no, I'm going to fight. I'm going to fight this. I'm going to tell people, you know, that, that, that Miami is a place worth visiting. So um, that was a, that was my, that was what, 2002. And I find myself still every so often defending Miami, but I think we defend it in a little different light. But um, certainly uh, my love for Miami has has grown uh, throughout the years. So, 
I love that story because it contains things that to us as Miamians are sort of head scratchers. So Duluth, Minnesota, don't know what time of the year it was, but it feels like it's probably difficult weather any time of the year. Like you said, you landed in fog, probably took off after being de-iced. But the reality is, is that I, I want people to fall in love and be passionate about where they where they live, because if you're truly engaged and invested like you are, then you are, you know, the defender of the faith. Like this is super important. This is who we are. Miami sometimes gets a little bit of a bad rap too, because unlike Duluth, we end up in the news quite a bit for a lot of different issues. And folks here in many cases have all come from somewhere else, even if it's a generation or two generations ago. And again, I think that that's really special about Miami. I mean, I'm a kid that grew up in Ohio. Everybody looked like me. The only difference was in the summer, we were more red and sunburned, right? But here, you know, think of you, your extended family, your colleagues, the people you work with, I work with. It is what makes Miami, Miami. And so the 305 is as much a brand as it is, I think, you know, a passion uh, and something that we, we feel very strongly about. So I just want to say thank you for being one of our greatest cheerleaders and an evangelist for, for the greater Miami area. Um, but these are challenging times, not only in our country, but we're challenged right now here at home. You know, I talked about our our new mayor in the opening comments, and I'm very proud of her and very excited for her. But she's got a tough road ahead of her because it isn't just continuing to help our community recover from COVID, but it's also recovering what's going on with our businesses. She was out stumping today at the port about getting our cruise ships back in business. Um, and, you know, you're a person who's put on major events. And, you know, we're still at a point now where you sort of look at that and there's a lot of like, not sure we're quite ready. Uh, and you work with a lot of the partners that we do, and we hear a lot of those conversations too. So, you know, as you look at Miami right now, what do you think is our best path forward? I mean, uh, to, to a certain degree, that it's, it's um, uh, the, the past is not something we should we should ignore because like some folks are like all right we have a chance to like reset and completely you know start over and and so forth and i don't know if that's so you know that's so uh, smart to, to to do because we do have some sort of business we were all conducting and doing before the pandemic hit yes. and and i feel like some some folks have sort of forgotten some of the things we were we were on the path to to addressing um in fact i, I heard francis today talking about some of the homeless issues right like I feel like we put everything to the back burner and now we have to go back, I think, and look back two years ago and say, all right, what are some of the things we were addressing um, back then and, and, and sort of pick those up and, and, and uh, keep moving with those. But um, the, and then the other side of it, which is kind of, you know, in a certain degree, uh, a little bit of, con of a contradiction, but I think we need to stop where worrying about, ending the pandemic like i think because everyone's like waiting for normal right everyone's waiting for things to go back to what they were and and uh, and i think i think um you know the more we wait for that day the, the more we're going to be waiting because i just don't think things are going to go exact exactly the way they were before um so as a community i think we we've shown the world um you know we, we've certainly shown the world that we didn't handle it uh all that poorly 
Um, you know, and, and I think that makes us a little, uh, you know, that gives us a little bit of credibility. I know that some folks make fun of us and they were making fun of us during the pandemic, but I think, uh, you know, they, they might look to us to, you know, for other solutions in the future given the way that our leadership handled things down here, uh, you know, statewide and even even locally, or I shouldn't say even locally, locally and then statewide. Um, so I, I don't know, maybe I'm a little optimistic about the about the future, but um, I think I think we're headed in a, in a much better direction. Yeah, and I'm happy to hear that because I think one, we all get kind of caught up in the negativity. That's a natural reaction. You know, Miami can be a little bit like that too. It's kind of like, you know, that middle child that's always like, wah, wah, things aren't quite happening the way we want them to. But I do know that folks like yourself and others who people look to for your thoughts and your opinions, you're a thought leader in that way. But I think you're right. We're going to we're going to have to coexist for a while with the pandemic, if you will. So the New York Times did an article a couple of weeks ago about Ron DeSantis and said, did Florida and Governor DeSantis get it right? And I read the article and it intrigued me in two ways, because one, the New York Times never has anything nice to say about Florida or Floridians. And they have even less things nice to say about elected officials in Florida. So it was one of those where maybe to some degree, and yes, we had our challenges. We certainly had a tremendous amount of loss. Um, and that comes in human loss, that comes in business loss, it comes in just kind of people feeling lost. But the other part is, is that if you just wait until there isn't a single case, it, there is there's no such day. Yeah, Your yeah. point is very well taken, and you have to be one of the encouragers, because not only the line of business that you're in, but you're also a young, dynamic business owner who has seen a lot of things in his time. And so, you know, I think when people say, well, Frankie said this, you're kind of like, you know, listen to. So don't, don't underestimate that. So I'm, I'm appreciative of you sharing that here, but I know you're sharing it other places too. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and look, I, I, to, to the Florida topic for a second, because it does strike a chord. Um, I, I think that we proved that neither extreme was the right approach, right? Like, it wasn't to ignore this thing and it wasn't to completely lock down the world. And, and, uh, and that I think is, is something you can apply to so many things in, in life, right? Like it isn't either extreme there, there is something in the middle. If we all just listen to each other for a little bit and, and have a, a, a true discussion with, with that in mind, like, Hey, we're going to land somewhere in the middle. And I think that that's where we landed. I really do. Um, and, and hopefully some folks learn from that. I hope so. And, you know, not to belabor the point about, you know, good decisions, wrong decisions, right decisions. I think one, people have to continue to make the right decisions for themselves. Um, you know, we've done a couple of in-person events. They're small in nature. They're outside. But I have said to people, you know, we're taking photos and you're in the, comp, you know, you're in the confines of, you know, other members. So, you know, we really like you to leave your mask on. And they're like, but I'm vaccinated or Tony Fauci said this. And I'm always like, OK, well, I still need you to make good decisions for you and others around you. But, you know, the idea that everything was just literally shut down, canceled. First of all, it's not who we are as a community. And secondly, it's not who we are as a people. We're, we're creatures who want to embrace. We want to uh, be in the company of others. And so, you know, it's been a tough year. And that's why I was glad to hear that, you know, you're having conversations about wellness and mental health, I'm sure, because, you know, we are now talking a lot more about that openly 
um, at work. And so, you know, how have you been able to stay focused in a crisis? How have you been able to keep a smile on your face? Because a lot of what you normally do has been literally transformed or shut down. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it has been hard. Everything we ever, almost everything I did came to a complete halt. Uh, we took races virtual. We, we took workouts virtual. I mean, everything was, was completely, um, you know, put, put on, on an indefinite pause. Uh, what I, what I try to do during, during a crisis is, is the, is control the thing that I can control, which is my attitude. And, and that attitude to me matters more than, more than anything else during a time of crisis. Everyone has a great attitude, um, you know, when things are good, but do you, do you have that attitude when, you know, as they say, things are hitting the fan. Um, and that, that has helped me quite a bit. I'm not going to say I've had a a positive attitude the whole time (laughs) because I'd be lying to you, but, but, uh, I have to remind myself that attitude, um, you know, is, is sometimes more than more than way more than half the battle. Um, and so that has helped me get through the crisis. And then, and then along the way is it, it, because you have that positive attitude, you sort of celebrate the small wins. Um, here at Lifetime, one of the things we're doing is we're encouraging people to explore their city. And we've had these micro events and I call those small wins, right? Like it's maybe I'm not putting together the 25,000 person Miami marathon, but I'm putting together uh, a 300 person race or, a, you know, 150 person uh, event of some sort. Um, that to me is, is a big win. You know, some, we, we've lost money through it, but, but I look at that and I go, okay, that's, that's a way to build consumer, consumer confidence, a way to bring people back in Absolutely. to the space. So, yeah, and I think we're going to look for those kind of small wins. I'm so glad that you framed it that way because I think people, you know, it's a, it's an A or a B. And what you're talking about is something in between, which was, you know, I'm going to have a creative approach to it. It's not going to look like it used to, but it's going to be something of value. And I think we're, we're desperate for that. Um, and so I appreciate hearing that. And I'm so glad you mentioned Lifetime because they are right here in our front yard in Coral Gables. So we're going to get to connect with you even more. Um, I took a tour probably right before the holidays, um, maybe in December. And I have a hilarious story. So, um, you know, the the project is gorgeous. We saw residential units. We saw the uh, turnkey office space. And of course, we saw all of the beautiful fitness facility, the pools, the locker rooms, the sauna, everything amazing. And they were very much deep into, you know, putting the finishes in. So you had to use some imagination. But we, we had taken the service elevator like all the way up to the top then to look at the units and and then the gentleman says to me oh the elevator operators at lunch so um we're gonna have to walk down oh we walked down um i want to say 14 flights something like that yeah and you know we're wearing hard hats i have on you know like a bright yellow vest and I'm in dress shoes because, you know, I wasn't thinking about that. And so um, I definitely got my steps in that day. And um, uh, by the time we got down to the bottom, you know, I probably had worn him out with my questions because I just used that time to have unfettered access. But uh, what's really exciting about that project. That was with Gino, right? You, that you was, that with- Gino took yeah. us and I was with Francesca from the city. Sure. She dressed appropriately. She came in jeans and was like in tennis shoes. I guess she maybe figured out she goes well no i knew we were going to be on a construction site by the way 
such a delightful guy. I think he had moved here from Colorado and he was living on Brickell. And, uh, you know, of course, my first goal is to, you know, find you a date. And, you know, we've got lots of lovely ladies in the chamber. I said, you don't mind dating a woman like in her 70s, do you? You know, we've got a lot of lovely ladies. So, um, but yeah, when we got to the top and he's like, oh, and of course he's super fit, right? You know, and I've definitely lost weight since then, but I was a little heavier then. I'm like, all right, Tro, this is exactly what Frankie prepared you for. <laughs> but how did you guys get together? Because they're not very well known in greater Miami and in, even in South Florida. And so it's really cool what they're doing. Yeah, no. Um, so Lifetime uh, is is um, uh, a company that six almost seven years ago, um, identified the Miami marathon as, as a property that, um, made sense for them to partner and, and, and eventually acquire. Um, and so their vision really included getting to know the Miami market, uh, through the Miami marathon so that they can consider a project here. And, um, and they did quickly realize that Miami had all this potential, specifically Coral Gables had all this potential for, uh, their expansion. And so a lot of folks are going to get to know them. Um, you know, we hear that a lot, like not enough people know about us in Miami other than the Miami marathon, uh, folks and the runners that do that race. But, uh, um, what they do around the country with 150, 160, um, you know, uh, athletic resorts or, or health clubs as they call them, um, is, is gonna, is gonna be an incredible addition to the Miami landscape. Um, so with the Coral Gables club, uh, followed by some uh, an additional project in the falls and um, and the stuff they're doing in Palm Beach um, and lifetime is going to make make a mark in the fitness world and and that that wellness world that I live in uh, you know uh, this this day with with Francis but um, but I think the the Coral Gables um, location itself I'm glad you got to tour it but the Coral Gables location itself because of its location how central it is um, is uh, is one of these places that I think people are going to dream of living at uh, once they once they discover it um, and uh, and it's, it's sixty eight thousand I think it's about sixty eight or 70,000 square feet of, of just the fitness space itself or the athletic resort itself. It's uh, impressive, my friend. Yeah. yeah. So you can spend all day there. I mean, the family too, like now that I have two kids, they, you can, you can leave your kids for two and a half hours while you work out and they're going to have real instruction for them in the Academy, in the lifetime kids Academy. Um, and then, and then uh, you can leave them once, I think it's once a month or, or once a week for three hours or something like that. I hope it's once a week. Um, and, uh, you can, you know, they can stay and you can go out. I love that. That's what you know already in terms of the opportunity. <laughs> Now, can you stockpile that time and say, um, I haven't used it in a month, so I'm leaving them for two days. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But but yeah, the the, the lifetime location or lifetime brand itself, um, I, I think has become part of the, the Miami running um, and endurance scene. Uh, we're doing stuff now with bike um, out on Homestead and doing some some really cool stuff with Lifetime, who honestly is, is one of the, the few companies that I think is dedicated to health and fitness all the time. Like that's what they do. They they're between their food offerings at their clubs to the way that they're that they're um, setting up this particular uh, new property in, in the Gables with 
health and fitness kind of surrounding your whole life. And I know that's a new model for them too, where they're also taking on the role of the leasing. And I love the integration of if you live in the tower, you have access and you're a member of the health club. Same if you're in the turnkey office space and the co-share uh, shared I'm office. My office, by the way, now I'm actually going to be close to you, Marshall. We can do lunch a few times or we can, or we can go work out or go for a lunch run. Um, uh, yeah, or a walk. That's fine too. Uh, but I'm. I'm I love how you quickly pivoted. We can go for lunch, or we can go for a run, or we can go for a lunch run. I'm like, <laughs> listen, I am in love with what they have built over there. I don't have any kids to drop off, so I'm going to gift you my two and a half hours. So then we can <laughs> we can raise that. But I, I I keep forgetting that you have a second child now. I knew when you had your first kid. Yeah, yeah. I had I had the second one during the pandemic, man. Oh my he, gosh. He's a pandemic baby. But, How um, sweet is that? And you got all your kids at Berlin too. Those are all like, you know, your, yep. your young man. I mean, you are such a great mentor to them. And some of them go on to incredible careers and collegiate scholarships. You, you sent us a great game a couple of years ago. You're, you're, you're UF, right? Yeah, you sent us a great kid like five or six years ago. So we just we just um, we're sending two more. Oh wow! Uh, the the he's the second or right now he's the second fastest miler in the entire state of Florida. He's gonna be running at UF. Um, do cross country. Yeah, cross country and track. The, the kid's track. a four oh six miler. Uh, Javier Ventos his name. He's gonna be one of one of a uh, one of the awesome ones. You know, it takes me four oh six to get to the kitchen. <laughs> here in the office. So I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Well, I appreciate that. And, uh, and so you're mentoring and, and these kids, by the way, how were they able to accomplish their season this year? Was it tough? It was rough. It was rough. Yeah. Uh, we got the cops called on us a few times for <laughs> gathering out of all places. We were gathered out in the Everglades and, uh, and we had cops showing up and saying you couldn't gather. And it was a, definitely a, ch- a challenging season to, to train through, especially during the early months of the summer where the pandemic was still uh, in, a, in a great state of uncertainty. Yeah. So, uh, but we, we figured it out. We traveled. We, um, we won the state championship. I mean, we did what we had to do. Yes. And, how many championships have you won? You guys have won quite a few at the state level. 11, 11 man. That's yeah. pretty darn good. It's been, it's been That's fun. pretty darn good. Yeah. So we got a few minutes left, and so I want to ask you some kind of rapid-fire questions. Um, you know, who do you go to for advice when you're having that day where you're not having the best attitude um, and not feeling like in control? Who do you go to? Who's that person for you? Uh, as as prob- probably my dad. Um oh. And, and, and my wife, those are the two that, that I'll spend, uh, unless it involves something with either one. <laughs> <laughs> or it's about them. Yeah, right. No, and that's very uh, nice. Yeah, yeah, both of them. And then uh, one, of my, one of my best friends, uh, uh, Alex, uh, we spend a, a lot of time uh, talking. So, yeah, which very actually nice. Alex is, is opening up in the Gables. John Martins is, uh, he's uh, yes, I 2.0. I was with the folks from Terra Nova last night having dinner and we were talking all about the, uh, you know, kind of the new path forward and how they've involved, you know, Martin. And uh, first of all, I think that's just very heartwarming because if there's a lot of things that we've, you know, lost during the pandemic, that was one, even though they were going to eventually close, that was premature. Um, and you don't want things to end that way. So I'm glad to see that there'll be some reimagination there. And it's a great location. I mean, a great location. And it'll be a beautiful build out from what Stephen and Mindy were telling me. Um, what's next for the marathon? 2022? 
We're, we're going to reduce, we're looking to reduce possibly the size of the, of the total field just to, just in anticipation of, of people's um, sort of, um, uh, you know, lack, the lack of confidence in being in such a big, big uh, event. So we might be bringing it down to 15,000 runners, uh, right. but the plans are uh, for February of next year to be celebrating our 20th anniversary. Um, we're going to have a little bit more of a focus uh, regionally uh, on our marketing and so forth. So you might get a better, better taste for the local uh, appeal of the race. So that'll, that'll probably be a little different. Um, but, uh, but no, I mean, the change will be that we're actually, or the, the newness will be that we will, we're actually back in person. I guess that'll Gathering be together. Yeah. Could you have predicted in January of 20, what two months later would look like? <laughs> no, I don't think I could, I could have predicted that. No, I was thinking about that for your race. Super Bowl was here. All of the gatherings that we were doing, like we normally do. I mean, we're a very social creature here in, in the 305 and certainly what you all have built over the years with with the marathon is very special because you bring people from all over the world. But they come to Miami, not just because of the race and the weather at that time of the year, but because of what you have built in addition to you showcase Miami to the world through through the run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I, I love the fact that. And it, the, the race does two things. It, it showcases the world. It showcases Miami to the world. And then it makes Miamians feel so, so incredibly uh, great that day to be a Miamian. Um, it kind of it helps you renew your, your Miamian card that day, I think, if, if there is such a thing. Um, that day, you just kind of look around and you're like, wow, I drive by all this stuff and I never really appreciate it as much as I'm appreciating it today. And I think that has a lot to do with the fact that you're rubbing elbows with people from all over the world. And it just gives you like this sense of pride that day, so. Absolutely. And you know, we get a little bit jaded because like anybody, it's right here in front of us, 365 days a year. Um, but, you know, I love when we have a chance to rediscover something that is, uh, you know, very Miami. Uh, and to be honest with you, this last year, we've probably done that to some degree more than before because we've been grounded, right? We've been here. So when you get a chance to get on a plane and travel with the family or for business, where are you going first? <laughs> um, well, this summer, we're going to be organizing a race in, in uh, New York. So we're going to be one of the first big uh, events in New York, uh, in Manhattan, um, for the New York City Tri through, through Light, with Lifetime. Uh, so I'll be doing that um, in the summer, early summer. And, um, and then I'm going to be taking the high school kids to North Carolina. We're going to train for three weeks out, out in the mountains over there. And then my third trip probably will be to St. Bart's. Um, I love, uh, I love the Caribbean, but St. Bart's is a, is a cool spot. So got the, at least just for the wife and I to, to, to make a trip out there. That sounds amazing. Um, favorite place to run in Miami? The Everglades. Um, I, I, I can't, I can't stress enough to people that live here and people that visit here that our backyard is, is the least appreciated place, uh, in, 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 in the 305 and that's the Everglades. We spend a lot of time in the water and the beaches and so forth, which I think those are great. But the other water that we have out there is, uh, is amazing. At least eight to nine months of the year, it's, it deserves a visit. So I love to run out there. Have you ever encountered an alligator or some type of large snake? 
Snake, no, but alligators, plenty. Yeah, they don't bother as long as you keep you keep moving. I worry about the boa conspiracy. I'm going to share this with the with the listeners because um, this is something different. We're running a a race, a bike race, and a running race at night. We're calling it 305 Gravel. We're doing it out of Schnebelies in in so the the winery down there, and um, it's going to be a nighttime event. So those of you that are like you know anxious about running into wildlife. It, it 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 you might have some of that anxiety reduced because first off the Everglades kind of is a cool place at night but because you're going to be with other people and so forth you might have that that fear toned down a bit and you might feel a little better with 300 people around you uh, exploring uh, the Everglades we're going to be on a levee you're not going to be you know running through the sawgrass itself <laughs> um, well I'm scared of everything so um, but I'll beat you at Schnebley's I was going to tell you that my happy place during COVID has been, uh, I was going down to Homestead every Saturday in the morning because Robert is here, had a drive-through where you could go and get fresh produce and everything. Um, but what was even cooler than that was, you know, you were out in the great outdoors. I mean, you could go to the orchid place and, you know, it was just such a vast location that you didn't worry so much about social distancing. You could have your mask on. And once they opened, um, you know, I was doing that pretty much every weekend. I met some real characters uh, down there at some of the nurseries. And of course, Schnebley is there right in the center of it and uh, with their beautiful space. But, uh, well, that's good to hear. Well, keep us posted on that. I mean, I'm not committing to anything. How far is the run? Is it a 5K? We're doing a 10K. We're doing a 10K. Um, okay, so you got 6.2. Yeah, headlamp uh, will be provided. Um, you know, it's a... Uh, it, it really is a cool experience to be out there. I don't know if you've ever walked or run or biked along the edge of the Everglades. It's a trail called the edge of the Everglades. We're going to be on that. Um, and the views out there are just awesome at night. So definitely encourage you to check it out. All right. I'm putting a pin in that one to come back and revisit. <laughs> Vaccine. Yes. Well, I, I, I may have said yes to that, but now I'm going to say no because um, I got covid Two weeks ago, my whole family did, including oh, my six-month-old. No. Um, so I think I've got nature's vaccine at this point um, for a little while, they say. So I, I don't know. Everybody's better. Everyone's feeling okay. I yeah. can't believe that you've gotten 13 months into it and then yeah. got COVID. Yeah, but my, my wife my wife works, uh, ex- you know, she's, she's pretty, pretty exposed to it. She's part of the administering of the vaccine and stuff. So, yeah. oh, uh, her. she's okay. And the little yeah, one yeah, yeah. six months got it. I'm not saying she's the one that gave it to us, but there's a good chance that it came came uh, from from her. It's okay. I'm sure there's plenty of things that you've given to her over the there years. You go. There you go. Being, but no, uh, I, being I, a I, typical I, husband, right? <laughs> <laughs> Well, Frankie, I adore you. I want you to know that. Um, I love what you do for us in Miami. I think everybody should know that a few years ago, we started working together on our race, and I can't wait to do that again. We have a, a, a good you know, partner in common in that in terms of Baptist Health South Florida and, of course, Doctors Hospital. And so everybody, when I talk about how you work with us, I'm like, we love Frankie. And so I hope the run clubs are going to make their way back soon. I'm sure some people have been doing that on their own, sort of unsanctioned, but... You know, I do think people have had an opportunity to rediscover their own hometown, to uh, fall back in love with, you know, the great outdoors. I know I have. I've spent more time in my yard in the last year than I did the previous 15 years that I lived there. Um, And other than the plants that Morgan gives me to try to keep alive, 
pretty much everything else is like thriving. I'm in love with orchids and passion flowers and succulents. And they're all over the office, by the way. And the staff's like, oh my gosh, because I bring them and then I put them and I'm like, let's do something with this. And then I don't know. But wow. um, I, if you if you love orchids, you, you have you made it out to a place called Fakahatchee Strand? No. Ted, I'll, I'll send you a link later. Fakahatchee Strand. Send me a link. And I'm not going at night and I'm not going to, I don't want to be scared. I don't know, but there's a bunch of orchid, wild orchids out there. <laughs> yeah. There's something about uh, the, the orchids and, you know, I went to university of Florida, so we have a tropical research center down in the homestead area, which is a great, great extension and outreach. And a couple of years ago, I bought an orchid uh, that was like a fundraiser and I named it in honor of my two brothers and it's at my house. But, you know, whenever I'm having a, a difficult day, it blooms. Um, and it's really like the most heartening thing. I maybe would never have had a moment to think about that, but COVID has given you a lot of uh, introspection and I'm sure like you, you know, you've had to pivot everything and having a baby during COVID. I mean, those are not, uh, are not easy, uh, to do, especially because of the way healthcare is, and we were so isolated. Um, so, you know, I'm one of those that's back seeing all the doctors again and they're like, where have you been? And I'm like, uh, you know, I've been on my Peloton or gave up fast food. So I want you to know you've always inspired me, mostly because you're just a, a wonderful, kind human being. And so I'm glad you're going to be closer to us. Uh, we're thrilled about what Lifetime is bringing to Coral Gables and even more thrilled of your connection with them. And when you were featured as the Miami Today Achiever, and I was reading your article and you really talked about that, I got a better understanding that although this relationship has been longstanding, it goes a lot deeper than them sponsoring the race. It really is a fully integrated transformational relationship that um, I'm super excited about. And we're going to find ways here in Coral Gables to connect even more with Lifetime. Matter of fact, Natalie from Lifetime is here to meet with me today. I think she's traveled down from Minnesota. Yes. So uh, yes. I'm going to tell her that we're, you know, we'll tell, she's, not from the, she's not from Duluth, I hope. So I know. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure not, but we won't, I won't make any comments about Duluth. You know, I've been to Minnesota only once and it was to uh, St. Paul. And I actually thought it was very, very lovely there. Um, and what was probably the coolest thing about it was that's where Charles Schultz is from Peanuts. Mm -hmm. That's where he's from. And they have a park with all of the Peanuts characters and like little bronze statues. And they're just, adorable and if you ever want to be a kid again that's the place to go and so you know thanks for being a smiling youthful vital passionate part of our community i was thinking you know you're a dad you're a husband you're a son you're a best friend you're an entrepreneur you are the mayor's you know wellness guru a chief running officer a coach you carry a lot of titles but my favorite one is that you know you're a friend to us and to our chambers so Thank you. Thanks Mark. for doing that. Thank you. And I, I, uh, I appreciate all those kind words, but I told uh, your staff when we were kind of getting ready for this call earlier that um, you don't realize the kind of inspiration that you are for, for the community. Um, just like you spoke to my, my class that day and, and, and look at this, we're, we're, we're here talking 20 years later. Um, your, your trajectory and your career um, is, is, something I've followed and, and uh, back in the day when you were Miami parking authority um, and, 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 and we're a part of the things I was doing back then. And now we're still doing stuff. That's yep. a testament to Miami and it's a testament to, to people like you making Miami a, a special place and a home. So 
Um, I appreciate you and I appreciate the inspiration. Now you're providing others for being healthier and being fit. Know that your health is part of it, but everyone else around you is inspired by you. So, um, well, I, thank I you. Appreciate we posted a photo on Instagram yesterday and, um, I had probably five different texts from people who I haven't seen in person or maybe haven't seen us on Instagram. And they're like, dude, what are you doing? Are you okay? Is everything okay? And one of them was my gastroenterologist. She says, you haven't posted a picture on the portal, but now I've seen on Instagram and woohoo, that's what she wrote. So that was very inspiring. And you know what? We all inspire in different ways. And if I had known then what I know now about how people watch and what is meaningful to them and your very kind words, well, I should have started a lot sooner, but Miami is who we are because we get to be in it and we're connected and we keep connecting. And I'm grateful to Lifetime that we have yet another opportunity. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, Big applause, big love, big hugs for Frankie Ruiz. And thanks for joining us for episode 11 of Trobiz. Make it a great day and go out and do something great.